You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. Entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. Angkor Wat is a temple complex in Cambodia and the largest religious monument in the world with a site measuring 402 acres. It was originally constructed as a Hindu temple of the god Vishnu for the Khmer Empire, gradually transforming into a Buddhist temple towards the end of the 12th century. It was built by the Khmer king, Suryavarman II, in the early 12th century in Yasdoharpapura, the capital of the Khmer Empire. It was built as the state capital and his eventual mausoleum. Breaking from the Shiva tradition of previous kings, Angkor Wat was instead dedicated to Vishnu as the best preserved temple at the site. It is the only one to have remained a significant religious center since its foundation. The temple is at the top of a high classical style of Khmer architecture. It has become a symbol of Cambodia, appearing on its national flag, and is the country's prime attraction for visitors. Angkor Wat combines two basic plants of Khmer temple architecture, the temple mountain and the latter gallery temple. It is designed to represent Mount Muru, home of the divas in Hindu mythology, with a moat and an outer wall two miles long. There are three rectangular galleries, each raised above the next. At the center of the temple stands a quinacu of towers. 
Unlike most Angorian temples, Angkor Wat is oriented to the west. Scholars are divided to the significance of this. The temple is admired for the grandeur and harmony of the architecture, its extensive base reliefs, and for the numerous devadas adorning the wall. The modern name Angkor Wat means temple city or city of temples. Angkor Wat lies five and a half kilometers or three and a half miles north of the modern town of Siem Reap, with a short distance south and slightly east of the previous capital, which was centered at Bafun, in an area of Cambodia where there's an important group of ancient structures. It is the southernmost of Angkor's main sites. According to legend, the construction of Angkor Wat was ordered by Indra to act as a palace for his son Prichaket Milea, according to the 13th century Chinese traveler Dangun Zhu. It was believed by some that the temple was constructed in a single night by a divine architect. The initial design and the construction of the temple took place in the first half of the 12th century during the reign of Suryavimarn II, who ruled from 1113 to 1150. Dedicated to Vishnu, it was built as the king's state temple and capital city. As neither the foundation stella nor any contemporary inscriptions referring to the temple have been found, its original name is unknown, but it may have been known as Vara Vishnuklak, after the presiding deity. Work seems to have ended shortly after the king's death, leaving some of the base relief decoration unfinished. In the year 1177, approximately 27 years, after the death of Sir Variman II, Angor was sacked by the Shams, the traditional enemies of the Khmer. Thereafter, the empire was restored by a new king, Jayavarman VII, who established a new capital and state temple, Angor Thom and the Bayon, respectively, a few kilometers to the north. Toward the end of the 12th century, Angkor Wat gradually transformed from a Hindu center of worship to Buddhism, which continues to this present day. Angkor Wat is unusual among the Angkor temples in that it's, although it was somewhat neglected after the 16th century, it was never completely abandoned. Its preservation being due in part to the fact that it, its moat also provided some protection from the encroachment of the jungle. One of the first Western visitors to the temple was Antonio de Madalina, a Portuguese monk who visited in 1586 and said that it is such of extraordinary construction that it is not possible to describe it with a pen, particularly since it is like no other building in the world. It has towers and decorations and all the refinements 
which the human genius can conceive of. By the 17th century, Angkor Wat was not completely abandoned and functioned as a Buddhist temple. Fourteen inscriptions dated from the 17th century discovered in Angkor area testify to Japanese Buddhism pilgrims that had established small settlements along Khmer, alongside Khmer locals. At that time, the temple was thought by the Japanese visitors as the famed Jetavana Garden of the Buddha, which originally located in the kingdom of Magadha, India. The best-known inscription tells of Ukanadafu Kasufasa, who celebrated the Khmer New Year's at Angkor Wat in 1632. In the mid-19th century, the temple was visited by the French naturalist and explorer Henri Muha, who popularized the site in the West through the publication of travel notes in which he wrote, One of these temples, a rival of that of Solomon, and erected by some ancient Michelangelo, might take an honorable place beside our most beautiful buildings. It is grander than anything left to us by Greek or Roman and presents a sad contrast to the state of barbarism in which the nation is now plunged. Muhat, like early Western visitors, found it difficult to believe that the Khmers could have built the temple and mistakenly dated to be around the same time and era as Rome. The true history of Angkor Wat was pieced together only from the stylistic and epigraphic evidence accumulated during the subsequent clearing and restoration work carried out across the whole Angkor site. There were no ordinary dwellings or houses or other signs of settlement, including cooking utensils, weapons, or items of clothing usually found at ancient sites. Instead, there is the evidence of the monument themselves. Angkor Wat required considerable restoration in the 20th century, mainly the removal of accumulated earth and vegetation. Work was interrupted by the Civil War and Khmer Rouge control of the country during the 1970s and 80s, but relatively little damage was done during this period to the building. Camping Khmer Rouge forces used whatever wood remained in the building structures for firewood. A pavilion was ruined by a stray American shell and a shootout between Khmer Rouge and Vietnamese forces put a few bullet holes in a base relief. Far more damage was done after the wars by art thieves working out of Thailand, which in the late 80s and early 90s claimed almost every head that could be lopped off the structures, including reconstructions. The temple is a powerful symbol of Cambodia and a source of great national pride that has factored into the Cambodia's diplomatic relations with France, 
the United States and its neighbor Thailand. A depiction of Angkor Wat has been part of Cambodia's national flags since the introduction of the first version circa 1863. From a larger historical, even transcultural perspective, however, the temple of Angkor Wat did not become a symbol of national pride, but had been inscribed into a larger political cultural process, a French colonial heritage production in which the original temple site was presented in French colonial and universal exhibits in Paris and Marseille between 1889 and 1937. Angor Watt's aesthetics were also on display in the Place Cast Museum of Louis Delaporte called Musée Indochinos, which existed in the Parisian Trodecaro Palace from 1880 to the mid-1920s. The splendid artistic legacy of Angkor Wat and other Khmer monuments in Angkor region led directly to France adopting Cambodia as a protectorate. On August 11, 1863, and invading Siam to take control of the ruins. This quickly led to Cambodia reclaiming lands in the northwestern corner of the country that had been under Siamese now known as Thai control since 1351, or by some accounts, 1431. Cambodia gained independence from France on November 9, 1953, and has controlled Angkor Wat since that time. It is safe to say that from the colonial period onwards until the site's nomination, as a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1992, this specific temple of Angkor Wat was instrumental in the formation of the modern and gradually globalized concept of build built cultural heritage. In December 2015, it was announced that a research team from the University of Sydney had found a previously unseen ensemble of buried towers built and demolished during the construction of Angkor Wat, as well as massive structures of unknown purpose on its south side and wooden fortifications. The findings also include evidence of low-density residential occupation in the region, with a road grid, ponds, and mounds. These indicate that the temple precinct bound by moat and wall, may not have been used exclusively by the priestly elite as previously thought. The team used LIDAR ground-penetrating radar and targeted evacuate, evac, uh, excavations to map Angkor Wat. Angkor Wat located at 13 degrees, 24 minutes, and 45 seconds north by 103 degrees, 52 minutes, zero seconds east, is a unique combination of Temple Mountain. The plan of concentric galleries, the temple is a representation of Mount Miru 
the home of the gods. The essential quinique of towers symbolizes the five peaks of the mountain, and the walls and moats symbolize the surrounding mountain ranges and ocean. Access to the upper areas of the temple was progressively more exclusive, with the laity being admitted only to the lowest levels. Unlike most Khmer temples, Angkor Wat is oriented to the west rather than to the east. This has led many to conclude that the Sir Yavariman intended to, for it to serve as his funerary temple. Further evidence for this view is provided by the base relief which proceeds in a counterclockwise direction. Prasavya in Hindu terminology, as this is the reverse of normal order. Rituals take place in reverse order during Brahminic funeral services. Archaeologists also described a container which may have been a funerary jar, which was recovered from the central tower. It has been nominated by some as the greatest expenditure of energy on the disposal of a corpse. Other archaeologists note, however, that several other temples of Angkor depart from the typical eastern orientation and suggest that Angkor Wat's alignment was due to its dedication to Vishnu, who was associated with the West. A further interpretation of Angkor Wat has been proposed. Drawing on the temple's alignment and dimension and on the content, content and arrangement of the base reliefs, one might argue that the structure represents a claimed new era of peace under King Suryavarman II. As the measurements of solar and lunar time cycles were built in the sacred place of Angkor Wat, this divine mandate to rule was anchored to consecrated chambers and corridors meant to perpetuate the king's power and to honor and placate the deities manifest in the heavens above. Suggestions have been received with a mixture of interest and skepticism in ap academic circles. Now on to the style of the area. Angkor Wat is the prime example of classical style of Khmer architecture, the Angkor Wat style to which it has been given its name. By the 12th century, Khmer architects had become skilled and confident in the use of sandstone rather than brick as the main building material. Most of the visible areas are of sandstone blocks, while laterite was used for the outer wall and for hidden structural parts. The binding agent used to join the blocks is yet to be identified, although natural resins or slacked lime has been suggested. The temple has drawn praises above all for the harmony of its design. The temple attains a classic perfection by the restrained monumentality of its finely balanced elements 
and the precise arrangements of its proportion. It is a work of power, unity, and style. Architecturally, the elements characteristic of the style include the ogival, redented towers shaped like lotus buds, half galleries to broaden passageways, axial galleries connecting enclosures, and the cruciform terraces, which appear along the main axes of the temple. Typical decorative elements are divadas, or apsparas, base reliefs, and on pediments, extensive garlands and narrative scenes. The statuatory of Angkor Wat is considered conservative, being more static and less graceful than earlier work. Other elements of the design have been destroyed by looting and in the passage of time, including the gilded stucco on the towers, gilding on some figures on the base relief, and wooden ceiling panels and doors. The outer wall is 330 feet by 2,600 feet and is 15 feet high. It is surrounded by a 100-foot apron of open ground and a moat 600 feet wide. Access to the temple is by an earthen bank to the east and a sandstone causeway to the west. The latter, the main entrance, is a later addition, possibly replacing a wooden bridge. There are gopuras at each of the cardinal points. The western is by far the largest and has three ruined towers. The gopura both hides and echoes the form of the temple proper. Under the southern tower is a statue of the Vishnu known as Tarich which may originally have occupied the temple's central shine. Galleries run between the towers, and as far as the two further entrances on either side of the Gopura, often referred to as elephant gates, as they are large enough to admit those animals. These galleries have square pillars on the outer west side and are a closed wall on the inner east side. The ceiling between the pillars is decorated with lotus rosettes, the west face of the wall with dancing figures, and the east face of the wall with blustered windows, dancing male figures on prancing animals, and devatas, including south of the entrance, the only one in the temple to be showing her teeth. The outer wall encloses a space of 200 acres, which besides the temple proper was originally occupied by the city and to the north of the temple, the royal palace. Like all secular buildings of Angkor, these were built of perishable materials rather than of stone, so nothing remains of them except the outlines of some of the streets. Most are now covered by forest. A thousand-foot causeway connects the western Gopura to the temple proper, 
with Naga blusterades and six sets of steps leading down to the city on either side. Each side also features a library with entrances at each cardinal point in front of the third set of stairs from the entrance and a pond between the library and the temple itself. The ponds are later additions to the design as is the cruciform terrace guarded by lions connecting the causeway to the central structure. From the outer enclosure, we now go to the central structure. The temple stands on a terrace raised higher than the city. It is made of three rectangular galleries rising to a central tower, each level higher than the last. Some interpret these galleys as being dedicated to the king Brahma, the moon, and Vishnu. Each gallery has a gopura at each end of the points, and the two inner galleries each have towers at their corners, forming a quincun at the central tower. Because the temples face west, the features are all set back towards the east, leaving more space to be filled in each enclosure and gallery on the west side. For the same reason, the west-facing steps are shallower than those on the other side. The outer gallery measures 600 feet by 700 feet with pavilions rather than towers at the corners. The gallery is open to the outside of the temple with columned half galleries extended and buttressing the structure. Connecting the outer gallery to the second enclosure on the west side is a cruciform cloister called Prepoen, the Hall of a Thousand Gods. Buddha images were left in the cloister by pilgrims over the centuries, although most have now been removed. This area has many inscriptions relating the good deeds of pilgrims, most written in Khmer but others in Burmese and Japanese also are found. The four small courtyards marked by the cloister may originally have been filled with water. North and south of the cloisters are libraries. Beyond the second and inner galleries are connected to each other and two flanking libraries by another cruciform terrace, again a later addition. From the second level upwards, divatas abound on the walls, singly or in groups of up to four. The second level enclosures is 330 feet by 380 feet and may originally have been flooded to represent the ocean around Mount Muru. Three sets of steps on each side lead up to the corner towers and gopras of the inner gallery. The very steep stairways represent the difficulty of ascending to the kingdom of the gods. The, this inner gallery, called Bakken, is 200 square feet, with axial galleries connecting each gopura with the central shrine and a subsidiary shrine located below the corner towers. The roofing of the galleries are decorated with the motif of the body of a snake 
ending in the heads of lions or garudas. Carved lintels and pediments decorate the entrances to the galleries and to the shrines. The tower above the central shrine rises 140 feet to the height of 210 feet above the ground. Unlike those previous temple mountains, the central tower is raised above the surrounding floor. The shrine itself originally occupied by a statue of Vishnu and open on each side was walled in when the temple was converted to Theravada Buddhism. The new walls feature standing Buddhas. In 1934, the pit was beneath it, the central shrine was excavated. Filled with sand and water, it had already been robbed of its treasure, but there was found a sacred foundation deposit of gold leaf two meters above ground level. Integrated with the architecture of the building and one of the causes for its fame is Angkor Wat's extensive decoration, which predominantly takes the form of base relief friezes. The inner walls of the outer gallery bear a series of large-scale scenes mainly depicting episodes from the Hindu epics the Maramayana and the Mahabharata. These have been called the greatest known linear arrangements of stone carving. From the northwest corner anti-clockwise, the western gallery shows the Battle of Lanka in which Rama defeats Ravana, and the Battle of Kurukshetra from the Mahabharata, showing the mutual annihilation of the Kaurava and Pandava clans. On the southern gallery, following the only historical scene, a procession of Sarvayaravaman II, then the 32 hells and 37 heavens of Hinduism. On the Eastern Gallery is one of the most celebrated scenes, the churning of the sea of milk, showing 92 Asuras and 88 Divas using the serpent Vasuki to churn the sea under Vishnu's direction. It is followed by Vishnu defeating Asuras, which is a 16th century edition. The Northern Gallery shows Krishna's victory over Bana, where the workmanship is at its worst, and a battle between the Hindu gods and Asura takes place. The Northwest and Southwest corner pavilions both feature much smaller scale scenes some unidentified, but most from the Ramayana or the life of Krishna. Angor Wat is decorated with depictions of Asparsas and Divada. There are more than 1,800 depictions of this Divada in the present research inventory. Angor Wat architects employed small Aspara images 
12 to 16 inches as decorative motifs on pillars and walls. They incorporated larger Devada images, all full body portraits measuring approximately 37 to 43 inches, more prominently at every level of the temple from the entry pavilion to the tops of the high tower. In 1927 was published a study categorizing the remarkable diversity of their hair, headdresses, garments, stance, jewelry, and decorative flowers, which concluded that were based on actual practices of the Angkor period. Now on to the construction of Angkor Wat. The stones, as smooth and as polished marble, were laid out without mortar, with very tight joints that are sometimes hard to find. The blocks were held together by morts and tenon joints, in some cases, while in others they used dovetails and gravity. The blocks were presumably put in place by a combination of elephants, ropes, pulleys, and bamboo scaffolding. It is noted that most of the blocks had holes one inch in diameter and 1.2 inches deep, with more holes in the larger blocks. Some scholars have suggested that they were used to join them together with iron rods, but others claim they were used to hold temporary pegs to help maneuver them in place. The monument was made out of 5 million to 10 million sandstone blocks with a maximum weight of 1.5 tons each. In fact, the entire city of Angkor used up far greater amounts of stone than all the Egyptian pyramids combined and occupied an area significantly greater than modern-day Paris. Amazing. Moreover, unlike the Egyptian pyramids, which used limestone quarried barely a third of a mile away at the time, the entire city of Angkor was built with sandstone quarried 25 miles or more away. This sandstone had to be transported from Mount Kulun, a quarry approximately 25 miles to the northeast. The route has been suggested to span 22 miles along a canal towards Tonle Sap Lake, another 22 miles crossing the lake, and finally, nine miles against the current along Reap River, making a total journey of 56 miles. However, Researchers have discovered in 2012 a shorter 22-mile canal connecting Mount Kulin and Angkor Wat using satellite imagery. It is believed by some, but not all, that the Khmer used this route instead. Virtually all of its surfaces, columns, lintels, and even roofs are carved. There are miles of reliefs illustrating scenes from Indian culture and Indian literature, 
including unicorns, griffins, winged dragons pulling chariots, as well as warriors following an elephant-mounted leader, and celestial dancing girls with elaborate hairstyles. The gallery wall alone is decorated with almost a thousand square meters of base reliefs. Holes on some of the Angor walls indicate they may have been decorated with bronze sheets. These were highly prized in ancient times and were prime targets for robbers. While excavating Kahajuro, a stonemason and sculptor recreated the stone sculpture under four feet. This took about 60 days to carve. It was also thought that with other experiments to quarry limestone, which took 12 quarrymen 22 days to quarry about 400 tons of stone. The labor force to quarry, transport, carve, and install so much sandstone must have run into the thousands, including many highly skilled artisans. The skills required to carve these structures were developed hundreds of years earlier as demonstrated by some artifacts that have been dated to the 7th century before the Khmer came to power. What is Angkor Wat like today? As with most other ancient temples in Cambodia, Angkor Wat has faced extensive damage and deterioration by a combination of plant overgrowth, fungi, ground movements, war damage, and theft. The war damage to Angkor Wat's temples, however, has been very limited compared to the rest of Cambodia's temple ruins, and it has also received the most attentive restoration. The restoration of Angkor Wat in the modern era began with the establishment of the Conservation de Angkor by the Ecola Francine de Extreme Orient, or the EFEO, in 1908. Before that date, activities at the site were primarily concerned with exploration. The conservation at Angor was responsible for the research, conservation, and restoration activities carried out at Angor until the early 1970s. And a major restoration of Angor was undertaken in the 60s. However, the work on Angor was abandoned during the Khmer Rouge era, and the conservative Angor was disbanded in 1975. Between 1986 and 1992, the Archaeological Survey of India carried out restoration work on the temple, as France did not recognize the Cambodian government at the time. Criticism has been raised about both the early French restoration attempts and particularly the later Indian work, with concerns over damage done to the stone's surface by the use of chemicals and cement. In 1992, following an appeal for help, Angkor Wat was listed in UNESCO's World Heritage in Danger, 
later removed in the year 2004, and a World Heritage Site, together with an appeal by UNESCO to the international community to save Angor. Zoning of the area was set up to protect the Angor site in 1994. Apsara was established in 1995 to protect and manage the area, and a law to protect Cambodia heritage was passed in 1996. A number of countries such as France, Japan, China are currently involved in various Angor Wat conservation projects. The German Apsara Conservation Project is working to protect the Devadas and other base reliefs which decorate the temple from damage. The organization survey found that around 20% of the Devadas were in very poor condition, mainly because of natural erosion and deterioration of the stone, but also due in part to earlier restoration efforts. Other work involves the repair of collapsed sections of the structure and prevention of further collapse. The west facade of the upper level, for example, has been buttressed by scaffolding since 2002, while a Japanese team completed restoration of the North Library of the outer enclosure in 2005. World Monuments Fund began conservation work on the churning of the Sea of Milk Gallery in 2008 after several years of study of its condition. The project restored the traditional Khmer roofing system and removed cement used in earlier restoration attempt that had resulted in salts entering the structure behind the base reliefs. Discoloring and damaging those precious sculpted surfaces. The main phase of the work ended in 2012 with the final component being the installation of finales on the roof of the gallery in 2013. Microbial biofilms have been found degrading sandstone at Angkor Wat, Priya Khan and Bayon, and the West Prasat in Angkor. The dehydration and radiation resistant filamentous cyanobacteria can produce organic acids that degrade the stone. A dark filamentous fungus was found in internal and external Priacon samples, while the algae Trentifolia was found only in samples taken from external pink-stained stone at Priacon. Replicas were also made to replace some of the lost, damaged sculptures. Since the 1990s, Angkor Wat has become a major tourist destination. In 1993, there were only 7,500 visitors to the site. By 2004, government figures show 560,000 foreign visitors had arrived in Siem Reap province that year, approximately 50% of all foreign tourists in Cambodia. The number reached over a million in 2007 and over two million by 2012. 
the most visited Angkor Wat, which receives over 2 million foreign tourists in 2013. The site has been managed by the private Sokimax Group since 1990, which rented it from the Cambodian government. The influx of tourists has so far caused relatively little damage, other than some graffiti. Ropes and wooden steps have been introduced to protect the base reliefs and floors, respectively. Tourism has also provided some additional funds for maintenance. As of the year 2000, approximately 28% of ticket revenues across the whole Angkor site was spent on temples. Although most work is carried out by foreign government-sponsored teams, rather bought than the Cambodian authorities. Since Angkor Wat has seen significant growth in tourism throughout the years, UNESCO and its internal International Coordinating Committee for the Safeguarding and Development of the Historic Site of Angkor, in association with representatives from the royal government and Apsara, organized seminars to discuss the concept of cultural tourism. Wanting to avoid commercial and mass tourism, the seminars emphasized the importance of providing high-quality accommodations and services in order for the Cambodian government to benefit economically while also incorporating the richness of Cambodian culture. In 2001, this incentive resulted in the concept of the Angkor Tourist City, which would be developed with regard to traditional Khmer architecture, contain leisure and tourist facilities, and provide luxurious hotel capabilities of accommodating large amounts of tourists. The prospect of developing such large tourist accommodations has encountered concerns from both APSARA and the ICC, claiming that previous tourism developments in the area have neglected construction regulations, and more of these projects have the potential to damage landscape features. Also, the large scale of these projects have begun to threaten the quality of nearby, nearby towns' water, sewage, and electricity systems. It has been noted that such high frequency of tourism and growing demand for quality accommodations in the area, such as the development of a large highway, has had a direct effect on the underground water table, subsequently straining the structural stability of the temples at Angkor Wat. Locals of Siem Reap have also voiced concern that the charm an atmosphere of their town has been compromised in order to entertain tourism. Since the local atmosphere is the key component to projects like Angkor Tourist City, the local officials continue to discuss how to successfully incorporate the future tourism without sacrificing local values and culture. Angkor Wat is in the country of Cambodia. The architectural style is Khmer. It was built in the 12th century, so it is amazing 
that it is still here and it's still such in really good shape. Its creator was Servaramon II, the ruler, and after his death, it was completed by Javarimon VII, who lived to see the completion of Angkor Wat. It is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.